The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the place where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. Once again, this week is no exception. Today, we're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about making love and relationships, turning them into magic. And our special guest is a return guest to Guys Guys Radio, Guy Finley, spiritual teacher, best-selling author of The Secret of Letting Go, and 45 other books and audio programs that have sold 2 million copies worldwide, translated into 26 languages. He's been on the show. This is his third visit to Guys Guys Radio. He understands that the show, is a lot of it is about relationships. So today, we're going to focus on just that. And a lot of what we're going to talk about is about communication, how a lot of times things people take things the wrong way. We, we react instead of responding. We don't listen. We don't witness. And we always feel victimized. All of us do that in relationships. And when your partner, I know as a guy, when my partner points something out to me, a lot of times I'm like, oh no, I want to put my hands over my ears. But I know where it's coming from is a place of love to make the relationship as good as it can be. But it's hard sometimes to deal with that. And a lot of times where the flip side is that is people like myself are very direct and will just point something out that they don't like or they'll respond in a direct way. And then before you know it, there's a lot of friction, a fire starts, a little spark starts a fire, and you have, a, you have a, an argument. And then it's a World War Seven breaks out in the relationship, and that's never good. And then the worst thing that can happen is people start bringing up issues from the past and bringing them into the current argument. And that means that are pain points, things that are unresolved. But you know something? We're not responsible for other people, the pain and the baggage they're carrying around. Everybody's responsible for their own stuff. What we can do, though, is be loving and learn to listen and help them and and not discourage them and really try to find ways to bring out the best in them so they can kind of clear things out in their own personal space and allow spirit, if you will, come through them and, and do the work. Because... People want relationships. They want connections. We're human beings. That's how it works. And having uh, done a lot of work, if you will, in the relationship field and been on a lot of shows talking about relationships as being kind of like the male perspective, male point of view, I can tell you that there's a lot of people out there looking for relationships and they're they're hell-bent on finger-pointing and this happened to me and this happened to me and this guy did this to me. And I don't like online dating, and this person is dishonest, and it's too much of this. It's really easy to go negative, and it's really easy to point the finger. I mean, look at politics today. You watch the debates, whether it's Republican or Democrat. I don't think they even think the Democrats are having any debates, but it's all finger pointing. It's all nobody's coming up with ideas. How can we make this better? It's all about look at what they did, look at what you did. Look at what he did. Look at what she did. It's all finger pointing. That's our culture now. And we're buying into this collective consciousness. But I'll tell you what, you don't have to buy into it. You can take a step back and assess yourself and say, what is it I'm bringing into the relationship? 
What is it that I need to learn? What are those demons? What is the baggage I'm carrying around with me that I need to shine light on that shadow part of myself to make me the best version of me so I can be the best partner in a relationship? And when we start working on ourselves, we'll find that the whole world begins to change for the better. But the first place to start if you want to make a change in the world you live in and your own experience is to work on yourself. It's not selfish. You're actually doing everybody else a favor by working on yourself. So Guy Finley, we're going to talk about two of his books. One is called Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together, uh, Heal Your Heart, Love Unconditionally, Turn All Your Relationships into Magic. It's a good one, and it's really relevant for people who are involved in a relationship. He's got another book, Apprentice of the Heart, Lessons in Life Only Love Can Teach, and it's really a very personal, poetic book. And uh, it's about a search for enlightenment, fulfillment, happiness, even success, all inspired by one driving need, the longing for love. And we all have that. Everybody wants to be loved. So I think you're really going to enjoy my conversation. Guy Finley, this is his third time on the show. He's a great spiritual teacher. I consider him a friend now. And uh, I can't wait to get into it. So let's do it now. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, Guy's Guy's Radio, it's the interview portion of our show, and I've got a special return guest. He's a real Guy's Guy, and his name is Guy. Guy Finley's back with us. Today, we're going to talk about love, relationships, and it's an area I think everybody struggles with throughout life, and nobody really gets it completely right but we can make progress along the way and we can find a lot of joy in that love. Let me tell you a little bit about Guy Finley and then we'll get on with our conversation. Guy Finley is an internationally renowned spiritual teacher and he's a teacher of mine and he's a best-selling self-realization author. His books and audio programs have sold over 2 million copies worldwide in 26 languages. His seminal book is The Secret of Letting Go. It's considered a spiritual classic. I wholeheartedly agree. Guy's the founder and director of Life of Learning Foundation, located in Merlin, Oregon, and he's the host of the Life of Learning's Wisdom School, an online study self-study program for personal self-discovery. His book, Relationship Magic, was one we're going to talk about today. Uh, Waking Up Together, it's a practical guide that provides couples with unique tools to transform relationships from mundane to magical. You can visit Guy at his website. GuyFinley.org. We're also going to talk about another book called Apprentice of the Heart. For those who are on YouTube, I'm going to hold up both books so you can check them out. Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together. And the other is, again, Relationship Apprentice of the Heart, Lessons in Life Only Love Can Teach. So welcome back to Guys Guys Radio, my friend and teacher, Guy Finley. How are you, Guy? <laughs> I'm well, Robert. Thank you. Well, good to see you. Uh, I think the topic's one that's germane all the time, especially for uh, my audience, and that is love and relationships. And you were inspired to write two books about it. What inspired you to write Relationship Magic, Work, Waking Up Together? I love that title and the subtitle. I think the short answer is that in the end, meaning when you sort everything out, life is relationship period. And until we have some idea of the nature of that relationship, our relationship to it, and all that we are meant to learn from them, uh, we're dead in the water if we're any kind of aspirant at all. So I just wanted to explore 
in relatively practical, down-to-earth terms, some of the deeper principles that underpin our existence as human beings, and which I believe we are all searching to uh, to find and become involved with in our day-to-day lives. Now, you've been married for over 40 years. I'm sure you've had, like all other relationships, ups and downs and ins and outs, and I'm sure a lot of that that experience has led you to some of the insights in this book. Uh, tell us how your personal life has relates to your teaching and where you got your, the rest of your teaching from beyond your personal experiences. I kind of dread the question. <laughs> well, but not for the reasons you would think. With God as my witness, my wife and I have never yelled at each other in 40 years. And to the best of my knowledge, and and she actually said it to me yesterday, she said, I don't know how it's possible. You have never said a hurtful word to me in 40 years, she said to me. And I, I know that's true in one respect, not that I don't have reactions. But the real issue is what does a person not just do with their pain when it comes to interpersonal relationships, but what is the what is the purpose of it? We we never stop to think to ourselves, we know the pain of our hand if I sprain my wrist, is my body's calling attention to something that for my attention to it assists the healing. When we have pain in our relationships with others, we never turn to ourselves and wonder, what is this about? We're always sure that whatever the pain, it's an injury caused by an inconsiderate human being. So my life, honest to God, Robert, from day one, has been wanting to understand pain. What is this pain? I'll tell you a true story. We're talking about relationships. Hello, puss. <laughs> <laughs> That's my cat, Suki, for everybody who can't see. That's good. I like it. I don't usually share this. Rarely do I. But when I was 12, 13 years old, I had already been, without knowing it, but dedicated to spiritual growth. I just kind of came into this life, it seems like, with this fervent question. So I'm in my closet. I can still see it. And I'm reaching to get a shirt down from the rack. And as clear as day, Robert, I hear a voice. It wasn't quite male, wasn't quite female. It was just a voice. And it was outside of me and inside of me at the same time. And it was shocking. I'm a kid. And it said, with this pain, I give thee life and do thee wed. With this pain, I give thee life and do thee wed. Now, I, I, I literally said, what? <laughs> Honest to God. And then it repeated itself. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to go write this down. And I did. I just knew there was something immensely important. Even though the language was weird, with this pain, I give thee life and do thee wed. That's like, who's talking like that? <laughs> you know? Right. And I wrote it down, and here I am, almost 75 years old, Robert, and by the grace of God, I'm just understanding what I was told over 60 years ago. That's what my life has been about. 
we as human beings have no idea what to do with a pain that we have no idea about why we have it. All we know as human beings is the mechanical knee-jerk resistance and subsequent reaction that points to someone or a problem as the source of our suffering. The people and problems in our life are not there to produce suffering. They are there to reveal to us something latent in our consciousness that we do not yet understand, let alone uh, uh, perceive with any accuracy, so that through these relationships, we are brought into a broader reconciliation that begins within ourselves and then spreads out into all of our relationships. And when it's that way, every relationship we prosper from, regardless whether we want it or not. So pain, uh, you mentioned pain, and I think that's the key word here. You think pain is part of the human experience and it's there to teach us about ourselves and about love and how to interact with other people? Pain there's is something, no, there's, there's no, a yeah. real benefit then in pain. Yeah. There's no question about it. And, and you know, pain is a very, you know, ubiquitous word. Um, fear, anger, anxiety, uh, greed, ambition, nervousness, all of these have pain in them. So here we are as human beings, you know, sort of a multifaceted, unfree creature, captive of all these conditions that we see uh, as being produced by the people and places around us when they are just mirrors of, uh, they're just reflections in a mirror that allows us to see the, the quality and content of who and what we are in that moment. How else would we have any indication that we carry with us all of these uh, incomplete fragments unless they were shown to us and then we were able to start understanding that the moment isn't here for us to try to put ourselves back together again. The moment is here to show us where it is that we remain divided and apart because we remain identified with everything blaming uh, the world around us for, incidentally, that we wouldn't suffer from if we didn't want something from it, you know? So there, there's, this, there's this cycle that we don't see. Awakening, enlightenment is finally at last falling into that greater pool and participating in the education of it. Okay, so we talk, we're talking about relationships with our uh, kind of partner here. But it yeah. actually, it, it's really more about, it's a bigger issue. It's about our relationship with humanity, the relationship with the world, our relationship with ourselves, and our yes. relationships with spirit. Uh, correct? Yes, absolutely. That's why the subtitle, Waking Up Together, is referring to this idea that, you know, the, the old saying, if a tree falls in the woods, no one's there to hear it. Does it make a sound? Well, there's no self without relationship. Period. There is no self without relationship. It is a mutually dependent experience, which means that I am part and parcel in every experience I have with any other person, but I don't see that when I'm angry or afraid of a problem or a situation. I always think that's out there. I'm here, the victim of this uh, inconsiderate world or person. And it's just not true. No, no man, no woman is a victim of anything, even though there are conditions that we can clearly look and see, sweet God, why would anybody do that to anybody else? I mean, it, it's obviously complex, Robert. You and I have, been, have had a couple chats. We understand we're not going to solve the problems of the world in this conversation, but we can encourage and inspire others 
to uh, look a little more deeply with a little more questioning as opposed to answers to everything. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, one of the things you mentioned, which is like the the blame thing, where uh, and and some of the real fundamental issues with relationships that people have on a practical basis. For instance, you mentioned um, being accountable or also uh, not blaming necessarily the other person, responding versus reacting, if you will. So many times people say, you made me feel that way. I mean, we've all heard that. And it's always the responsibility. We may have done something really wrong, of course, and you have to be accountable for that. But everybody is responsible for how they respond for their feelings. And it seems to me that that becomes a major issue in terms of the communication in uh, in relationships. Do you find that true? And if so, what can people do when, what can a partner do when their partner says, you made me feel this way, or you did this, or they do something that I think is very prevalent, is that they bring up the past. They're always bringing up something two years ago or something like that. And <clears throat> even, if, even if the pattern of behavior may have been repeated, Nobody wants to hear about two years ago. You want to hear about now. Guy Finley. I, return, I, <laughs> I, I, I just. I threw a lot at you there. No, no, it, you, it's perfect because it's the heart of every question, really. What happens at some point? When here's a husband, a wife, mother, child, family reunion. What happens when after, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, after millennia, I'm still believing that the way past the moment of pain with you is to blame you for my suffering and then realize at some point I don't know what to do with my suffering. I just know that the answer that I'm given in the moment of antagonism has never brought an end to the suffering of those moments. Never. And if I reach that point in my development, which, believe me, is down the line, because our attention belongs to whatever resistance points to as the source of our pain. So my attention is thrust outside of me. And I don't know what else to do with my attention because for one thing, I don't really want to know about my own suffering. I have to have a reason for it. What happens when I finally see through the futility of having a reason for my suffering outside of myself? I think this is what Buddha asked. I think this is what all true masters, any mystic, any aspirant, at a certain point has to ask, you know what, how much longer am I going to look at someone and think to myself, if you were different, I wouldn't be this way? What if I dealt directly with I and realized that I, in that moment, doesn't exist apart from what has been triggered in that relationship? So that now I can start to put things together. You asked me about my relationship with my wife. To me, my wife is, is, a, is a, I call her a, a secret divine agent. <laughs> All human beings, without knowing it, we're, I, I even write, I call it in this book, I think I do, 
agents of the divine, or said otherwise, someone sent from uh, central cosmic casting (laughs) 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 to help me, to, to let me learn about myself so that as I discover these fragments, these demands, Robert, if I if I don't if I go on too long, just stop me. An example: When I was, God, I don't know, seventeen years old, I I had my heart crushed. It was the first time I really not just fell in love hard, but the 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 sexual relationship, the 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 physicality of it, the humor of it, everything was just un you know like like I was in second heaven, and then. Fast forward 18 months, uh, we're both performing in a musical, and she's sleeping with this, this m- mouse of a man. <laughs> I couldn't believe that she had wandered off. And I remember when I found that out, I went home. I was still with my parents. I was banging my head on the bar downstairs, <laughs> crying my eyes out. And my mother comes down, what are you doing, sweetheart? And I... Uh, Oh, and her answer was, don't worry, there's lots of fish in the sea, which really helps, you know. (laughs) And I remember in that time, Robert, I I was, with every ounce of my being, I was saying, I swear to God, I will never have this pain again. Ever. Now, do you think when an emotion binds with a thought produced by resistance, that there isn't a character, a creature formed in this consciousness? The old desert masters, this is all they talked about, is that all of that has to be undone. Because what does it mean? Well, it means for the next 10 years, every person I meet that's attractive to me, I'm always looking out of the corner of my eye to see where it is that their behavior might be something like hers was in back in the day. So I'm never here, I'm always divided in fear that something may happen, that it will be as painful as it was. And then what happens, Robert, when I live in that kind of fear? I become jealous, protective, pushy, demanding. And that fear, that consciousness creates the condition it says it doesn't want. Because now she, whoever that next person is, they resist, they reject the, the, that, that kind of energy. So here I am and creating the condition I don't want without knowing it, that's what's happening. Why? Because something is in this consciousness. Well, you can look back in your own life. I could go further back than 17 or 18, and I can go ahead of that. And I can see without any question, in this consciousness, there are characters, there are qualities that I don't know about. They were formed without me recognizing it. They were part and parcel with maybe I I was embarrassed in a meeting. Uh, maybe somebody refused me uh, the way I wanted to be respected. And these things add up. And the next thing you know, there, you don't have a relationship where going into that relationship prior to that condition being triggered in you, you find out that's there. Now, wouldn't it be wise to realize that I'm bringing with me demands, <laughs> that I'm bringing with me fears and anxiety? Because you don't cause that, you reveal that. That's a great. That's point. why Christ said, "Love thine enemies." Talk mm-hmm. about the ultimate relationship. What in the hell does that mean? Love my enemies. It means that what you think is your enemy, if you understand it properly, is helping you to wake up to your real enemy, 
which is a consciousness divided in itself and against itself. So the healing begins with the revealing. And the people in our lives are here to help reveal what has been concealed. That's relationship magic in the truest meaning of the words. Um, do you think a lot of that stuff is predetermined, like these are the lessons we need to learn, or they come up and then we deal with them and we have to you know, cl keep cleaning, if you will, like Ho'oponopono, just keep cleaning everything so we get to a kind of a neutral zone so we don't carry our baggage into our relationships, even if it's an ongoing day-to-day -day relationship? The central core, this is for the men and women who are interested in a relationship with what we can call the divine, with a supreme intelligence, cannot act against itself. Every last one of these relationships points to a place wherein ourselves, without our awareness of it, we are identified with something from the past, a thought, a belief, an image. The purification is the end of that division where I believe I am someone who had that experience. Therefore, I'm going to protect myself from that experience. I am that experience until I actually see how I am, um, without knowing it, bound quite literally uh, to that identity, not knowing it's going to appear, and then it's there, and then that identification can't take responsibility for itself, so it blames everyone for the pain that it is in itself, that it is in itself. Okay. Guy Finley, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio, um, at, for, for my audience, you should know that Guy was a very successful uh, person in the music industry, and he kind of chucked it all to go on a spiritual path and to share his learning with us. So I'm so thrilled that he's back with us again on Guys Guys Radio. And we're talking about relationships, and we're talking about um, some of the practicality and the spiritual aspects of it. Once again, his book, Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together, and the other is Apprentice of the Heart, Lessons in Life Only Love Can Teach. For, from a practical standpoint, um, maybe a couple of tips for our audience. Like, for instance, let me throw one out there and see how you react, Guy. Um, when somebody's doing something to us that really triggers us, and I have certain people who trigger me, and they just constantly trigger me over and over again, as other people do. But it's specifically a couple of people that they are triggers. <laughs> yeah. and, and what I was taught by another teacher, a fellow by the name of Bill McKenna, who's also a friend now, um, is that ask yourself, have I ever? So when somebody does something to you, ask yourself, have I ever? So I, I, I attempt to deploy that with these triggering people, also in my own personal relationship, instead of, in, instead of reacting try to hold back, respond, and I always ask myself, or do my best to say, have I ever, when my wife gets on me about something? That's part one. Part two is, when you're a guy, particularly, and you're on the receiving end of a, a download from your partner, um, it's sometimes difficult to see that the intention there might be to make the relationship as good as it can be, versus just a condemnation and a criticism. Thoughts? I threw two at you. Have I ever? Maybe we start there. I, I know. I'm. I'm just waiting for the the fullest answer possible. I know it's not conducive to a video and radio. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's great. I just don't want to uh, forgive me because sometimes I ask two questions. I'm speaking to you, but to everybody and to myself as appropriate. 
Aren't you tired of Band-Aids? Of course. Me asking myself, have I ever been like that person? And of course, I can see that. But it mollifies. It doesn't change. It still separates the moment of relationship between you who are here showing me that I have been like you, but in this moment, I'm not aware of this conflicted consciousness. We're not meant to heal ourselves, Robert. We're here to see the need for a healing and then let the light that reveals what has been concealed to bring about the necessary reintegration of this consciousness that was fragmented with each and every moment that we didn't understand. So that we go in a divided man full of different experiences with different people, and different people and different times produce the, the, the regurgitation of that experience. And then I try to figure out a way to deal with those individual experiences, those individual people, instead of understanding the task is not to deal with individuals. The task is to be undivided myself. To be an individual means to be undivided. So when I say Band-Aids, the world is full of uh, ways in which to get past these moments. But you can't get past Robert. Mm -hmm. He goes with you everywhere. Guy goes with Guy wherever he is. Can I use that? That's the magic. Why I call it relationship magic is to take lead, turn it into gold, turn my partner's cruelty into a feast for myself, that as I participate in growing, I cannot hurt the other person. Then, as an example, practical, my wife, and she has, she'll throw out a barb, you know, whatever it is, she'll always catch it, but she'll do it. Well, in, in a moment like that, how shall I say, there, there is a, 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 a sudden understanding that if I meet her cruelty with cruelty, then now she can justify the pain she was in that did that. But if I don't respond with cruelty, with sarcasm, with anger, if I don't, she's left like, I call it a, a, a love jujitsu. She, she's left throwing that out and it doesn't land anywhere. So she suddenly sees, wow, he's... What happened? Because that nature expects resistance. What's your response then, Guy? Let me interrupt. So for, from a practical standpoint, your partner starts giving you a hard time on something. If you say something back, if you start to react, it's going to escalate. If you, know you say it nothing, if you say nothing, it's almost like, well, your, spot, your reaction is to say nothing, and they think you're shutting down. Particularly, a woman may think a guy is shutting down because yeah. we communicate. You know, we're all equal, but sometimes we communicate differently. And a lot of times, uh, guys will just they'll stop stop talking, whatever, to 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 mollify the the yeah. argument or disagreement. But it actually sometimes makes it worse. So, how do you respond when you get that criticism that we all get? 
the original meaning of the word patience, the original meaning is to suffer yourself. That's the meaning of the word patience. In your patience possess you your soul, said St. Paul. In that moment, the first task is to bring my attention back into myself. At that point, once I begin to be aware of the upheaval in myself, then I, I might, but I never do it. I've always, in those moments, I go quiet. I might nod. I might look at her. So she realizes I'm not ignoring her. But with a look that doesn't have anger in it, she then realizes that somehow or other, there can be another way for this moment to unfold. So my education is her education. My growth is the opportunity for her growth, just as her growth is my opportunity for my own. So, and then I might say, and I've done this, Robert, at four or five hours later, I might say, you know, you remember when you said that thing to me? I, I want you to know that hurt. And then she might get negative and say, well, this, that, and the other. I say, all right, let's work at it. Let's find out. But the key here is to not let anger and resentment become the guide and the God of that moment. The task is to be attentive to the anger and the resentment and to hold it in one's attention. I have a favorite saying of mine, in every unwanted moment, everyone, it's this simple. Here comes the, 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 here comes the pounce, here comes the pain. <clears throat> Tell me all about yourself. Tell me all about yourself. I want to know from myself, not from my reaction. I want to know what is this about? Because then I have a question that opens up the possibilities of the moment instead of an automatic answer that shuts down everything. You follow? Mm -hmm. Sure. That's how I respond. Because it's not just my wife. I run a, an, a, an international foundation. I get criticism, comments, I get hate mail, death threats. I mean, everything under the sun. I do. It's just, I get it. It's not a problem. No good deed goes unpunished, right? He, he prepareth a feast in the presence of my enemies. He prepares a feast in the presence of my enemies. The most helpful things that ever happened to me were the moments with people that I wanted the least, that if I could have avoided, I would have at all costs. And you're never going to escape the karma meaning the need for the rebalancing of this consciousness with the greater one that acts on it. So you learn to be to move with these uh, revelations and allow them to release you from the former unseen identification you had with yourself as someone who should never be talked to like that, who's, who's look at all the things I've done, why this, why me, all that's nonsense, and eventually it's seen as such, Robert. You know, when we go into different, sometimes with all of this, it, people have to work on themselves. You want to make a better world, you work on yourself. It's 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 to me, it's as simple as that. It's it's not being self-centered. It's about being world-centered because you know you will emanate the right the right energy if you can do the work. The shadow work, I think, is part of what you're talking about. It's like identifying that suffering, identifying that pain, shining a light on that. But a lot of times, and again, in practical senses, we go. We, a relationship ends. People want to find a partner. They go out there. I'm on uh, different interview shows all the time, and it's people looking for love, looking for relationships. Right. And I think a lot of times what happens is they get discouraged, 
and they bring baggage into the new relationship and they don't take the time. They'll point the finger and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And I have to have this, this, and this. And I found that I was in a number of relationships when I was single and I thought they were all good and they all ended, but I, I like, I got a lot out of the relationships for me. That's just me. Maybe I was being selfish and I could see that my partners at the time, they thought the relationship may have been a failure in certain ways. And I tried to look at the positives, but I realized afterwards I had a long-term relationship that didn't work out and it turned out to be the best thing for me at the time. Of course, it, it didn't seem that way. But it gave me an opportunity to step back and say, what, I've had some good relationships. I've had terrific partners. What am I doing? Am I doing something wrong? Or I'm just being circumspect to the point where I'm, I haven't felt this is the right partner long, long, long term, if you will, the forever partner, if you will. And uh, I had an epiphany and I don't know when I had it, but it said, you have to make room in your heart for somebody else. And I did not have room in my heart for somebody else. That was an issue. I don't know how I got this epiphany, but you get a knowing. And I got that knowing. I'm like, wow. I went home at Thanksgiving. I told my, and my family never asked me, when are you getting married? They just forgot about me. They all had families and everything. And I told my mom, my mother, I said, I'm going to get married next year. And she said, that's great. Who? To who? I said, I don't know. <laughs> she said, oh, and the next year. The next year on Thanksgiving, I told her I was engaged. And it happened because the right person came into my life because I realized that I, I was not sharing myself. I was not providing room. It was all about me. Now, nobody was taking care of me. I had to do everything on my own. I had to survive on my own. I was in New York City. I was in the advertising and marketing world. It was rough and tumble, and yeah. nobody was looking out for me. And so I had to be selfish to a certain extent. But when I realized that that's not really what it's all about, if you want a partner, you have to make room for somebody in your heart. And that was the trigger for me that made the trick, if you will, that made everything work out. And I'm still with that person that I got engaged to that year. And it's 13 years later, and we have a beautiful uh, 10-year-old son, and I'm an older dad and everything, but it was worth the wait because I had to learn that lesson before I could move forward. And I find with so many people, they approach, they wanna get into a relationship, but they have not taken, and I'm not pointing fingers, but I'm saying it's important to take a step back before you take that step forward and say, yes. what can I learn about myself? What, do I, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What do I have to offer? So from a practical standpoint, and as well as a spiritual standpoint, Talk to me about that guy. And this is, is not to pat, this is not to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying. No, no, this no. no. Look, look, look. I'm not, you, you, there's uh, love is an action. It's not a result. It's a movement. It's not a static condition. So everything that I learn from my relationships about where it is that I have been self-centered. What is it that disappoints me about any other human being on this planet? Here's the answer. Apparently, you didn't get the memo with all of my demands upon it. <laughs> so that my problem with you is that you don't know my demands. Now, is that your problem or my problem? And the answer is, 
Where in the name of God did I come up with this idea that you should always be A, B, C, D, E, F, and G when I ask you to be that way and you must never answer with the rest of the alphabet, otherwise we're going to have a little bit of a problem. So the problem with other people is our demands that we come into the moment with not knowing we've come into that moment. So that man or woman, they help me see where it is that I am not circumspect yet, where it is that I have not become aware of this part of me that believes when I say jump, you should say how high. When I ask for this, you shouldn't hesitate. When I give you my opinion, don't you dare disagree with my opinion and don't call it into question. These are all very common arguments in relationships. And until we see the problem isn't the behavior of the other person, the problem is that I've demanded behavior and when they don't do that, I summarily resist. Then they feel my pain. They push back. And now we've lost the possibility of recognizing this thing started with a seed in myself that I didn't know was there. Now at least I'm beginning to suspect it. And that's big, Robert. That's big. I love it. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your other book here, Apprentice of the Heart, Lessons in Life Only Love Can Teach. And you have poetry, you have uh, short chapters that really have true epiphanies in here, love for the sake of love, unlike any other love, into the arms of the other side, supernatural ember. T tell us about this book and why it's so special for you. Uh, that's one of, it, it may be my favorite book that I ever wrote, and it was absolutely unequivocally the least popular thing I ever put out. So I, the dichotomy is unbelievable. Back, I don't know when I wrote that book. It's charged with love, this yeah, book. Many, is, is, many, it's yes, just love, love this book. You, know, it, it, you flip know, through it, the pages, it, you feel it. If you like Rumi or Hafiz, you, you're going to mm -hmm. like that book because it is a story of a relationship with a man and the divine. Back in the day when I started writing it, it took me seven years to write that book. I spent more time on that book than anything I ever wrote because I was actually going through that relationship as I wrote it. I had this immense longing I did since day one. Well, where are you? What's going on here? What, am I, what have I done wrong? Where are you? And then you, the, the lessons come when you live with the question. You can't learn lessons when you have answers for them in the moment the questions appear. Why am I lonely? I've answered that a hundred thousand times, and a hundred thousand times I'm still lonely. <laughs> right? So maybe the answer isn't connected to the nature asking that question. Maybe it belongs at another level. So this is a book in short uh, essays, uh, certain forms of es uh, esoteric poetry or prose that just help a person start realizing that it isn't the divine that's missing from your life. It's you that is missing from the divine because you have demands on the divine to give you what you want. Failing to see the divine never fails to give you everything you need, every moment of your life to have a relationship, not just with what is above, but what below and everything in between. That's that book. I think, um, People fail to realize, uh, recognize that spirit is everything. And our cultural collective consciousness puts definitions on things that everything. we then accept. And that creates and keeps creating 
like a Xerox copy our world moment after moment, day after day. With that That's thought, nice. thought in mind, Guy, people now going out looking for relationships and they, you know, we're, we're being taught and some people are getting it. It's not just about things. It's not about I have to have this list. The list should be about values and your, and your partner, not about they've got to have this car and this amount of money and they have to be this tall or whatever. And this this happens. It's practical. But now people are going out there and they're even more focused on that, I believe, because the screws have been tightened. Um, from a social control standpoint, where everybody's freaking out about everything right now, waiting for like bad news. I couldn't believe like this past week, uh, the week uh, uh, I'm referencing uh, end of September, where everybody's like, something's going to happen this week. Something's going to happen this week. Well, nothing happened that week. So uh, maybe something did, but we didn't see it. So, and it just keeps there's this 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 fear that's being, you know, catapulted at us and people going into relationships, they're more apt to like gravitate to the stuff that they can like, I want this. I want this. At least I know what that is. This connection with spirit that's so much more important. They they keep pushing that aside for the things that are not solving their issues. That's my final question to you, Guy. I guess my, my final answer <laughs> For $50,000. Your reward and my reward in life is inseparable from our nature. If I want something different from life, it doesn't begin with demanding life give me what I imagine will make me whole. If I want something different from life, I have to become a different man. If I want a different relationship with my family, my friends, my wife, my children, I have to become a different man. Until I understand that quotient, that relationship, all I can do is increase my demands because in my identification with them, I'm getting a very definitive sense of myself. That definitive sense of myself is antithetical to love. Not the outcome of it, it is the, the, the enemy of it. And I have to start realizing that relationship because, again, coming full circle, here's, we, here, you know, wheels within wheels within wheels, relationships within relationships. And I have, to, I have to get to the point and the place where instead of trying to control the wheels, I see them, I watch them. So I become, if you will, the witness of all of that movement that is generated by love, instead of trying to control that movement so that I can know a love that I've imagined. And it's a, a, it's a full shift, isn't it, Robert? A Absolutely. full shift. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's my final answer. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's the beginning. And, yeah. that's, uh, and that's where we all need to go by going inside and, and not projecting your pain on other people and realizing that the pain's here to help us and that everything is part of spirit and that we have to, if we want the world redefined, we have to start redefining it by redefining ourselves and our relationship to the sp to spirit. Final answer, part two. Okay. Robert has pain. Robert in Czechoslovakia has pain. Denise somewhere in Denmark has pain. Saul somewhere in Spain has pain. Guy has pain in Merlin, Oregon. It's not my pain it's our pain. 
It's our pain. To understand it's our pain means that if I work on this pain, I am working on your pain too. What Christ's life was about. So that this pain that we say is my pain, it's not my pain. It belongs to a level of consciousness set against itself without knowing so. The divine reveals this division, and in the division there is a reintegration. Then that consciousness, our consciousness, humanity's consciousness, the Adamic soul, is gradually put back together or discovering that it was never divided the way it was imagined to be anyway. Then healing takes place with me, with Robert, and all the other people I mentioned in those countries, wherever they are. <laughs> That's Fantastic. That. Yeah. My, my friend and teacher, Guy, Guy Finley, we talked about love. We talked about the, the spiritual aspect of love and how it's important to work on ourselves to make everything better. I thank you so much for coming back on the show, Guy. We'll see you again. And Keep doing what you're doing, my friend. Robert, always nice to talk with you and to see you as well. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, what a fantastic, illuminating conversation with Guy Finley here on Guy's Guy's Radio. As you, as you probably noticed, what I wanted to do with Guy, because he speaks in big metaphysical terms, big concepts, and you really have to process them. And spiritual work and understanding spiritual concepts, it's, it's you know, there's sacred geometry, there's a lot of other stuff, but it's, it's, it's mathematical in a way, and it's, it's not easy from a brain perspective. It's like big brain stuff to process these things. What I wanted to do, and, and Guy's a, he's a master, what I want to do, though, is take some nuggets out of there, things that we can use every day in our partnerships and our relationships to be the best that we can be and to help our relationships and to help our partner because that's so important and that's the basics you got to start at the bottom line now that doesn't mean you're going to solve everything that way but it, it's having these pointers having these tips to start deploying is a, is a, always a good step in the right direction of course as guy mentioned we have to do a lot of self-work we have to do a lot of shadow work we have to shine the light on the areas that we need to work on so we can improve them. And when you improve yourself, you improve your world, and we improve everybody's world. Guys, Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA Radio in Southern California, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA. You can listen live, you can stream, you can download on KCAA. You can find us on the, that channel anytime. You can also catch our podcast. We're downloaded in over 100 countries every Thursday, Guys Guys Radio. And our uh, YouTube and Rumble post on Thursday afternoons, late afternoon. And you can watch the interviews with our guests here. Just go to YouTube or Rumble. Use my name, Robert Manny, Guys Guys Radio or Guys Guys TV, and you'll find it. And our YouTube is growing rapidly. And I would ask you, um, please subscribe. If you enjoy the guests and content I bring you each and every week to the shows, please subscribe, follow, rate, review, whatever. And we want to hear from you. Bring in those comments. We'd love to hear it. We're also on UK Health Radio uh, four times every weekend and on demand. So if you go to the world's largest talk health radio station in the world, UK Health Radio, you can go to their website. You can just go to the station digitally and... Um, uh, find our find Guys Guys Radio or put it in the search and you can listen on demand or you can listen uh, four times every weekend. So we're everywhere. So please subscribe, 
please follow, please rate, review, support us. We're here for you to help you live your best life. I want to thank all my, like, I don't know, 700 plus guests I've interviewed. I want to thank my wonderful producer, Chris, and I want to thank my strategy lead, Ryan. But most of all, I want to thank you for making it all worthwhile here on Guys Guys Radio. My wonderful growing audience, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to see you next week. And as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.